Well, I just, it, for, for me, I just would say, no matter what your profession is, I, I pray you have success, but yeah. I also pray that you are the same person before the success, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, my dad used to say, marriage multiplies everything by 10. So the joy that you'll experience by 10, but also the pain is gonna be by 10. The, the pleasure by 10, mm -hmm. but also the hurt and the you know depression and all of it just it magnifies. Yeah. That's exactly what success and money do. Mm -hmm. It just magnifies whomever you are. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Strong by Design podcast. My name is Jared. Very excited uh, for another episode today. We do release an episode every single Wednesday, so please make sure to check us out, subscribe to us. Uh, there's probably something in our backlog of the last four years that you missed, and so go look at some of the, our past episodes as well and check those out. Uh, I don't believe that you'll be disappointed. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about leadership, we're going to be talking about boundaries, and I have a really uh, amazing guest uh, for this show today. Uh, he's most well-known uh, for being the lead singer of Anne Berlin. He's been doing that for the last three or four thousand years. Yeah, it feels like so, it. Something like that, it yeah. It feels like it. Um, for a really uh, a long time, and uh, but recently he, uh, really in the last decade maybe, you've been transitioning into professional ministry, into pastoral ministry. That's right. Um, and so Stephen Christian is, is here on the show with me today. So thank you, Stephen, so much for, yeah. for coming and yeah. being this a part. This is going to be the best episode you've ever done. Man, it's I already feel it. good. I feel it. I, feel I mean, it. <laughs> I see it climbing the charts already. Yeah, so. this is my second time. It being is. Out of strong yep. by design. The first one I think got about seven million plays. So yeah, we're going to try to talk okay. this time yeah, with eight yeah, million. We, yeah, you eight, know, we'll nine, see. ten. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If you really, you know, if you give it to your publicist and really oh, pump it out it. there, Done. you know, that Done. would be Done. super helpful. Very cool. I just, I'm going to need some supplements in exchange. You got it. Whatever you need. You know, we we're developing a sleep supplement. I need that. So we can do that. We have a brain supplement. I definitely. It's called NeuroThrive, and it's killing it right now. It just released, and uh, I, I think they've sold that. like a, a million bottles. Wow. Already, which well, is get ready for two million That's after right. this episode. Boom. So you're yeah. welcome. Link in the description below. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Subscribe and like. All That's those right. things. Uh, so, man, it was... After we first moved here, so we've only been here in Tampa for about two years. Stephen is actually the the pastor at Grace Family Church in Clearwater, the Clearwater campus. Um, and so we, my wife and family, we came over to your house one night and we were sitting around and you're Lanai and we were talking about the When We Were Young uh, yeah. concert that was coming up. Yep. And I remember sitting there having the conversation with you and Christiana and I just learned about it and we're like, that's awesome. It's like all of these bands that we used to listen to in high school yeah. and college and we're like, that's great. And, and your, your response was, uh, yeah, we're going. I'm like, that's cool. Like, like Steve and Julia are going, going. And then I think it was that weekend you posted something on, on Instagram of you singing in front of like thousands of people. And I went, oh, by going, what he <laughs> meant was the band is going and we're playing yes. at when we were young. Yes, I should have worded that better. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very hard sometimes to be like, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know. Actually. Actually. We yeah. are playing on day you know, three. No big deal. The, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but it's fun. Uh, and what came out of that, not just that conversation, but what came out of 
just the way that you conduct yourself uh, as a pastor at Grace Family um, is I see the intentionality uh, of you separate trying to separate those spaces saying hey I'm a I'm not trying to be a celebrity I'm not trying to be you know uh, whatever kind of egomaniac you could have turned into as being uh, the headliner of, 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 of a popular band um, but there's this shift that happens at least that's what I'm seeing whether you're doing that intentionally or not I have no idea um, but I see this intentionality I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, of, hey, I want to be a pastor here, and I want, I, want to, I want my focus to be Jesus and pointing people to God and not how can I boost the band. But then at the same time, you still have, at least up until recently, uh, which we can talk about that as well, but uh, this over here where you're still doing the band thing, and it's mm-hmm. like there's just a, a certain level of, of people attracted to that to the band and to you and in, in, uh, in, in that space, especially after a concert and things like that. And so my question to you is when did that start happening? Is that something that actually is intentional for you? And has it always been that way? Mm, that's a great question. I mean, I think for me throughout my career, I've tried to make sure that I'm not just Steven from Amberlin. I, I saw so many people like in bands and I, I, I feel very blessed, very lucky that Amberlin got where it was. But I saw people that were even in bands that weren't as successful and I'd watch as their career ended and they would just drop off the map, you mm-hmm. know, because they got their identity so consumed into the band, into who that was, mm-hmm. that character that they played on stage became them. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when that was over, that season of their life over, I just watched it just, just them just crumple as yeah. humans. Mm-hmm. And so it was something I was very, very self-aware of of just kind of making sure that there was almost a division point. Like that character on stage, he, he stayed on stage. Mm-hmm. I didn't come home and treat my wife like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to treat my family or my friends like mm-hmm. that. That's just not who I, I was. I love that description. The character on stage. It is. I yeah. mean, that's all it is, is a persona, you know? Mm-hmm. And and even that, you know, people, I think, you know, when they come and, you know, they know me just in the church world, when they come to an Amberlynn show, they're just like, yeah. what was that? Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, just a little yep. bit. But there is, I mean, and that character is somebody I developed, you know, very much because I mean, as far as I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm introverted, but I'm definitely not as extroverted, as extroverted as that person Mm -hmm. is, as that character is, you know, and you kind of have a level of that, a level of confidence, a level of, I don't want to call it pride, a character of pride, you know, energy, energy, absolutely. You're you're working with the energy of the crowd and and the energy of the people there. And if you're not engaging with them, they're not going to engage with what you're doing. A hundred percent. But who you see, you know, definitely as far as like what I say or who I am on that stage, it's not something um, that I'm, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm such a different character yeah. off stage. I just, I don't want to take it so seriously. You know, even in the, the, the pinnacle moments of the band, whether that's, you know, selling our millionth record or number one song in America, I just still, I had the same friends, mm-hmm. you know, I had the yeah. same, you know, same, I was married, I had the same wife, you know, yeah. I wasn't, yeah. you know, just, you know, I just, and that goes for anything. That can't just be for musicians. I mean, no matter if you're a doctor, an investment banker, working at a PE firm, you can't get so caught up in the character that you come home and tra- treat your wife or your children different just right. because there's some kind of success or mm-hmm. some kind of, because man, this is, you know, success is fleeting mm-hmm. and vain. You know, it was so funny. I was driving in the car last night with my daughter 
and she had her little friend and they were um they had just got done with youth group and they were talking about their favorite songs this year and they were like oh my gosh that song is still last year and i just <laughs> i was just like laughing yeah. because i'm just like that's so but that's so the natural you know uh yeah. the business you know yeah. that's just you know that song and it was just like really that yeah. song that was you know, Harry Styles, that's the single came out at the beginning of the year. How is that last? Anyway, yeah. they're very young. They don't yes. really know what they're saying. Yeah. They're like 10, 10 years old. But it was just kind of funny just that, just, just, just to listen to them mm -hmm. and, and hear what they were kind of the discussions. But that's for anything, man. Your success, you know, you're not the Rolling Stones. You are not you two. You are not, I mean, these, you are not, and I knew that. I was very self aware. Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to, with my, just saying the chances of us being Led Zeppelin are so slim, you know, are, so I'm not going to invest so much into who I am at this second that it ruins the rest of my life. Yep. Even at the pinnacle of the band, we were living in um, Nashville, Tennessee, making more money than I knew what to do with, tra touring the world, all this stuff. I still worked for, uh, I was still ran social media for Ultimate Ears because I wanted to learn that side of the business mm -hmm. and I was still pursuing my master's degree in business. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I could have said, I'm gonna spend all this money right now, I'm gonna buy myself the nicest car, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna live it up and do all that. Or I was sitting there going, what's gonna make the most financial you know, sense for me in the future? Mm -hmm. How do I invest in myself 10 years down the road as well as my education? And so, I, but because I knew that Amberlynn in a way was plan B. Mm -hmm. Plan A is always what's going to be next and the horizons and stuff like that. So for me, it's just, it was a way, I just could not take myself too seriously. Yeah. And um, I couldn't hang out with those people that did. Like yeah. my best friends in the business, the music industry are people that were thinking 10 years out. What do we do? How do we make this? You know, they were more, the band used to make fun of me and call me the suit, you know, yeah. because like, I, I love that. I love the strategy. I love the negotiations. I, I negotiated our publishing deal. Mm -hmm. I negotiated with record labels. I helped with all that process because to me, that was fun. I liked, I liked that you know, side of it. I wasn't so consumed with, I'm the artist, bro. And, right. You know, and it's I don't know. Just because of my music. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, it's for, for me, I just would say, no matter what your profession is, I, I pray you have success, but yeah. I also pray that you are the same person before the success, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, my dad used to say, marriage time multiplies everything by 10. So the joy that you'll experience by 10, but also the pain is going to be by 10, the, the pleasure by 10, mm -hmm. but also the hurt and the you know depression and all of it just it magnifies. Yeah. That's exactly what success and money do. Mm -hmm. It just magnifies whomever you are. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm very grateful for my breath, my, my, my accountability partner slash uh, best friend, Seth Kane and and just the the fact of the matter is he you know if it wasn't for him coming out on one of the early tours and kind of basically like punching me in the face and just being like dude straighten up mm -hmm. you know uh, get right get right with yourself get right with God get right with everything mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure the trajectory of who I could have been yeah. so I attribute a lot of like early on kind of not taking myself so seriously how old were you when, when the band started so when the band started i mean i've been playing music since i was 15 mm -hmm. you know with the in a horrible punk rock band with all these guys when i was 19 and yeah. so we got we, we were signed i mean we were good What's that band called i don't know you're uh, not gonna share no i will not <laughs> um so at 23 uh you know 23 which we started in berlin 24 i was signed and we were well on our way at 24 and stuff like that i just graduated um, University of Central Florida when all this kind of kicked off. Okay, and so, so you guys weren't a band very long when you got signed. No, but I mean, but, but yes, but we'd all we the the 
the collective was already there. You so know what were I'm you, saying? You guys shift, you guys, the same people that were in Amberlin were in the this yeah, punk band. Punk rock band. Okay, yeah, gotcha. for the most part. You gotcha. know, like, you know, and, and four out of the five. Gotcha. And so, yeah. So you'd already been playing together. We'd been playing You're together. Used to each other. We were already writing yeah. the music in the background. Yeah. And so it wasn't just like mm-hmm. one hit, you know, great, yeah. we got instant success. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, we had been culminating. You know, I'd, I've known the bass player since he was in fourth grade and I was in sixth grade, yeah, you know, okay. so the chemistry was there, the drive, the motivation, mm-hmm. the culture. Do you guys write together? We do. So primarily a guy named Joey and I early on, mm-hmm. he's the guitarist and, and I would write the, you know, the songs. Yeah. Now it's a, it's definitely a collective. It's yeah. definitely a collective experience, but it didn't start out like that. It was just Joey and I for the first three records. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then it, it kind of transitioned on. Um, so what I was saying is just, yeah, I don't even know what I was saying. It was just, uh, Sorry I interrupted you. no, that's good. Um, but just, yeah. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, when I told uh, another videographer that you were coming in today, uh, I said, Pastor Steven's coming in. Mm-hmm. And his response to me was, oh, the one with the hair? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I and love it. Uh, so it made me wonder. I, I get this question all the time as well. Uh, people always give me, they give me a hard time about my hair, but in a good way. Yes. Um, and they always want to know, what do you do? Okay, How do you great. style your yeah, hair? I like that. Um, because... Uh, it's a process. At least it is for me. And so I was curious. Do you have a process? Yeah, and, and, absolutely. Or do you just you just you just come out of the shower, I whip come, it back, I wake and, up, and, and that's I just how it fling looks. my hair back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, but it, it's yeah. all in slow motion, uh-huh. and this wind just. Uh-huh. It's, it's funny how it's like this, you know, and as soon as you go like this, it just, it just sucks yes, right down to your right. head. Um, there was a movie I can't even remember. I think it was called like something about boy and the guy um he was rich and he would go downstairs in his apartment complex and every morning the salon person would make he's like make it look like uh, yeah, yeah. i just woke up and so yeah. she would do his i always thought i always dreamed like that's, that'd be great if i could do that uh-huh. um, it is funny like the older that you get people are more just like oh my gosh your hair yeah. you know because when you're young everybody's just like i have hair yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but the older you get the people are just like your hair you so, still have it you still have it, and it that's looks probably good. all what it is you know yeah. and uh so uh, um that's so funny. Uh, but so, so the, the quick, the gist of it yes. is I do it. I do it probably once every two weeks and then I don't wash it. Do not, I get in the shower, but I'll wear a baseball hat because the dirtier my hair gets, the, the fuller and better it is. Interesting. It's gross. Yeah. But, in, but interesting. That is not how my hair works. Yeah. That is, that is, I've, I've hacked it. I've yeah. life hacked it. Mine like gets so greasy and starts to curl. Oh. And so it just like, We'll be yeah. like, oh wow! It's like a Superman. It's I like that. It's so gross. Yeah, so I, you just I wear I wear a baseball cap outside of the shower. Nice all the time. Nice smart uh, man. Just because it's yep. it's easier to wear a hat than it is to go through I the agree. process of. So you don't wash it. Do nope. you have do you blow dry it at all? No, you're not a blow dryer. Not a blow dryer. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just uh, it's just it is what it is. And then yeah. you you find you know you find your little paste or whatever your little thing. Okay. And what, what's the you product know, you use? Crew. Crew okay, fiber. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Basic. Nothing. Yep. Nothing crazy. Yeah. But it just it just does the trick. I used to use crew fiber. Okay. Recently, I switched to a powder. Wow. Which huh. I, I'm loving it. I knew. So it, yes. it it helps make a more of a dry look, which yes. is what I'm looking for. I like that. Um, and so it's just like this. It looks like baby powder. Wow. You put it in your hair and you kind of rub it in, and then it can. Okay. It adheres to your hair and you can form it. So I like that. I don't know. Interesting. You know, I'll pray about it. Yeah, yeah. Pray about it. See if that's a, a new direction you want. You know, at least give it a shot. I like it. You know, I still use the crew though on 
over here. Nice. To, oh, I to see. Help lay wow. that you, down. You are intense. I'm telling with you. It. you so I went and got it. my hair cut once, and like, you know how you have some people who cut your hair, and they're just they want to get you in and out. Yep. And it's terrible. Yes. And then you have the people that have. It's like they're an artist, mm. and they're very meticulous mm. about how and they, they charge double. They charge time and a half. We'll say that. <laughs> and uh, if I need to get a nice haircut, you know, that's yes. who, who I want to go to. Yep. And so uh, they 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 bl- were blow drying my hair and doing all of. And I like watched the process. And so that that's my process now. It's like I have to blow dry my hair, or else it'll do the curl thing right away. Nice. Okay. I have to, but the heat actually f- helps form the hair. Wow. So. I did. I, I had a guy good. in Colorado that was like, "How do you how do you style your hair?" And and I told him the whole process. He's like, and he's "Too like, much. That's too much." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not doing that." So and that, but that's why I don't do do it every day. You know, there special you go. occasion. Today's a special occasion. Hey, thanks, big guy. Stephen was coming, and I'm like, "I, gotta, I appreciate I that very put much." On my Sunday best. So, I like uh, it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so. Uh, Getting back on, on topic. <laughs> right. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the point of the podcast. Everybody that's fast right. forward just a few. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, sometimes I wish like you could make uh, kind of like a CD, you mm. know, where you could skip. Oh, yes. And, yes. and kind of make sections. Yes. You can kind of do that on YouTube now. Okay. Uh, you can't really do that on podcasts. I you see. Just have to, you, have, you have 10 seconds. Yes, there you, you go. Know, you, you just got to flip through until you get to where you want to get to. But uh, So you, you developed uh, a healthy boundary. Uh, it sounds like pretty early on. Yes. But when, when were you married? So I was married halfway through the band. I was married okay. in 2008. And did Julia care that you were in the band? Or she just knew that? She knew I was in a band. I don't think she knew to the extent I was in a band. Yeah. No joke. I mean, we got married in less than one year. And so, you know, in, in that time, I was writing our first major label record. So a lot of that was done at home. So I don't think she understood, at, you know, the amount mm-hmm. of of time that I was going to yeah. be away. And yeah. so that really was a... a um, Giant catharsis for her, year sure. one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and it really never repaired. I mean that that was you know I I failed my wife very very healthily early on in our marriage, and it's taken you know now we're going into fifteen years. Um, um, it's still there's times where I still have to repair the mistakes that I made early on in mm-hmm. our marriage. Was that? I mean, you can say as much or little as you yeah. want, but um, when you say you you hurt her healthily, what is that? mean yeah i made i made gruesome mistakes you know in our in our early on i didn't i didn't cheat on my wife just to make sure we know that yeah, but yeah. uh you know but i or you know i didn't cheat on my fiance or girlfriend at the time it wasn't like that it was more i mean i was so focused on amberlyn mm-hmm. you know we you know you got to remember like i said earlier on the podcast like you know for for you know since i was 15 years old i had been just working on on music and all of that. And so when I met her, it was nearing the peak of the band, you know, mm-hmm. one of the peaks anyway, I should say. And um and so we we made a mis- I made a mistake. We did not make a mistake. I made a mistake and we eloped in January. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind I'm recording our first major label record in February, okay. you know, in out in Los Angeles and I knew that. Mm-hmm. And so um I I basically after I I married her um, in January, I hit her from the band. I hit her from my parents and her parents. I hit her from just everyone, mm-hmm. which sends a lot of signals to your wife. Like, I'm not proud of you. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't like this marriage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But in my head, I would, I had just so de- devalued everyone else's time, you know, and I would, like you said earlier, off, off camera, just people pleasing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
Um, I want to say it was a little bit of people pleasing, but also, you know, I, I felt like I was letting myself down. You know, I had just, now I'm refocusing on a wife and instead of a major, my first major label project. Mm -hmm. And so really took my eyes off that and I, and, and everybody lost. Mm -hmm. I failed the band. I failed, you know, more importantly, I failed her, you know, and it set a really bad trajectory into the marriage sure. of just saying, Hey, I'm not going to say this from my words, but you are second place, mm -hmm. if not third, you right. know, God, the band, yeah. they're up there, yeah. you're not. What I should have done is we had our wedding planned in June. I should have just waited that out. That would have given time for me to really focus on the record and just say, hey, listen, I, you're my fiance, you know, um, but I didn't. So I dragged her to California with me, um, really expected her to like kind of, she wanted to be a movie producer, wanted her to be independent independent and live her own life. And I was going to live my own life. We, mm -hmm. you know, coalesce mm -hmm. and, um, and when it was convenient for both of us mm -hmm. and uh, really focus on our own individual careers. But really I taught her early on that she was second place mm -hmm. and, um, and, and really have made great strides. I think she would, she could, if she was sitting right here, she would say, you know, he's a different person, you know, this, these last 10 years, you know, since 2015 than who he was prior to that, you yeah. know? And so I didn't set good boundaries. You know, I'm, I'm glad you have me on the pack podcast to talk about boundaries, but boundaries, but it's not because I'm good at it. It's because I had to learn the hard way yeah. that, that I, I chose success and my career before her. What was the catalyst in 2015? Quitting the band. You know, I mean, it took, it was a war. It was a war because my wife wanted me home and she didn't like Amberlynn mm -hmm. and Amberlynn in a way didn't like her and, mm -hmm. and wanted to keep, mm -hmm. continue to tour. Yoko. Well, no, <laughs> not, I mean, not, not to that degree, you know, no, not to that degree at all. It was not, you know, it was, no, I don't think that at all. I think any, you know, any man worth half his weight should put it, prioritize his oh, wife, yeah. you know, over, I don't care if it's a band or acting mm -hmm. career yeah. or yeah. stock market. I can trading. tell you uh, as a pastor, my wife felt the same thing. She oh, felt 100%. like the church was first place and she was second place. And I was always catering to what all of these other people needed. Uh, and then she got the leftovers. Well, ministry convolutes in a lot of ways because it's a calling. So mm -hmm. you're sitting there saying, well, babe, but this is what God yeah, wants. Right. And then the provider in you says, well, this is how we make a freaking paycheck. Yes. You want a roof over your head or not? Yeah. So you take those two areas and suddenly it's it's a holy practice. That's right. You know, That's so right. you're on the sidelines yeah. for holy reasons. You just go pray more. You'd understand why I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it, it, you know, I was... I was the casualty of war and I'm not playing victim. I chose to be in the war of yes. Amberlynn versus my wife. But in 2015, it just, it came to a head and, and I chose my wife. Mm -hmm. I chose, um, you know, at that time I had two little babies and two little kids and mm -hmm. um, it just, you know, but the, the, the casualties of war was my family, you know, or that was, they were part of the, the battle process, but like I could never make everyone happy. And so at the end of the day, I just chose to bow out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was really, really tough. I mean, that, it, that, that pinnacled in 2013, mm -hmm. you know, we had just had my, my second daughter and I just, I remember exactly where I was. I was, you know, staring at the ceiling in a hotel about to play the O2 arena in London, England. And I just was miserable. Mm -hmm. I just was miserable because my children back home and my wife didn't want me on the road and the band wanted me on the road. And I just couldn't make everyone happy. And yeah. so Poor boundaries, mm -hmm. poor boundaries. I should have said to my wife, you know, early, early on in the career, I'm a musician. And if you don't, you know, if, you, if, if that's something you can't see yourself with, but I'm going to commit to only touring five months a year, mm -hmm. five months a year, I will be home. I will be in this bed seven months a year. Mm -hmm. And then I should have gone to the band and said, listen, I chose to be married if it's five months a year. And if you can't handle that, like maybe we should, you know, 
figure out something else, mm -hmm. figure out multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we could do things online. We could start a t-shirt company. We could start branding different ways. We could start our own festival. There's, there could have been better ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that we had the leadership in the band to be able to kind of have that kind of perspective, that forward thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't, we didn't have visionaries in the band that could have thought that out that well through. And, and I take you having take success and having fun. But yeah, so like and, and making you, money and making more money than we ever did in our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And so we had all those things kind of working for us. Uh, but the, in that making money, you kind of want to keep that going. Mm -hmm. And now I have other band members' mouths to feed and my their wives to feed and yeah. managers and mm -hmm. booking agents and yeah. lawyers yeah. and tour managers and managers. I, I mean, just the list kept growing that you just kept having to feed. And so... Um, we just could have worked smarter and not harder. So for any band out there, there's got to be yeah. ways, you know, there's just better ways to do it than what we did. Um, I one of those things you don't really understand either until you get married. That's right. So, well, yes. I mean, yeah. I, was, I was, you know, I was in a band in college, no success, but we were having fun, you know, we were playing different shows or whatever. And then, uh, you know, it was actually my brother-in-law got married to my sister and then, you know, he quit the band. And then the lead singer, you know, Your he gets me. And it's a, such a yoke. I know, she is. She's the worst. Um, she knows it, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, but then, yeah, our, our lead singer, the same thing. He gets married. And all of a sudden, the epiphany comes to him where he's like, oh, that's what Jason was talking about. Yeah. And he's like, guys, I got to step down. And we're like, why? What? What's wrong? Like, but then, yeah. you know, you get married, you go, oh. Yeah. It's like, you don't know till you know kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, so. And, and so no one else in the band had kids. Right. And so it's really hard to say, you know, yeah. and they just kept like thinking I, I'm playing some type of proverbial trump card. I'm mm -hmm. married and I have kids and mm -hmm. you don't understand. And, um, you know, I, maybe we're just built differently. You know, they now have wives and kids. And I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know where, you know, what they, you know, I can't, I'm not going to speak for them. As sure. to, but for me, um, that was, that was tough to have kids yeah. and be on the road. Yeah. Um, I remember our second born daughter, you know, she was born and within two weeks, we were back out on the road from when she was born. And I, you know, and I, we haven't had those conversations internally with the band. I wasn't going to like bring up old stuff yeah. like, Hey, so do you think you could mm -hmm. go on the road after two weeks of, yeah. you know, that, that's yeah. just, again, that's, being a that's jerk. Not, that's not helpful. That's, and maybe, you yeah. know, maybe we're just built differently, but, but for me, it was just, it yeah. was a, it was a tough season yeah. and, um, and just at the end of it. So, so what I'm saying is I had to learn boundaries the hard way by, by sitting there and not putting yeah. any in place and then realizing, hey- Seeing the consequences of the lack of right. boundaries. And then slowly learning, hey, if I want if I want a, a quality of life change for mm -hmm. everyone around me, friends, family, career-wise, I'm a, I'm a much better leader now than I ever was in Amberlynn. Mm -hmm. A much better perspective because so many boundaries are in place. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wish, I obviously the, what is, what is the old adage? Uh, um, Youth is wasted on being young, or that's right. you know, whatever that saying. is. Yeah, you know, yeah. just um, uh -huh. I just I, I've learned so many lessons that I could have applied it's to Amberlynn. Wisdom is wasted on the elderly. There you go. It is <laughs> true. Say. I like that one too. It's so true. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things. You know, in hindsight, I could have done so many things different, and maybe in the be in the band right now, yeah. full time, back yeah. in. You know, like yeah. all in. But um, I just was a poor leader in a lot of areas. Um, you know, it was, it was leadership was, was taken yeah. from me in, in a few different ways. And so with the culmination and I accept responsibility for all of that, I'm mm -hmm. not pointing anybody fingers. Mm -hmm. That's me. I was a poor leader in a lot of ways. I didn't have the wisdom I should have had, mm -hmm. the boundaries I should have had. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, that's not a woulda, coulda, shoulda, sure. or I regret, oh, I, you know, cause I could go right yeah. back in the band. You know, but, 
but I think there's just a lot of yeah. a lot of um, when you set when you plant seeds early on, you can't complain about the amount of trees that were you know that were grown. Right. And I think there's just a lot of trees, and the forest is so thick. I don't think I could go back in the van ever full time yeah. um, because of the seeds that I planted. Not you did get sucked back in though. Yeah, yeah, I did. 2019, it started with one show, and then that turned to you know one record, and then that turned to one tour, and then we mm -hmm. just started to pick pick things back up. Mm -hmm. So. But it was a, but this time around, I believe they were very respectful. You know, mm -hmm. as far as like the rest of the guys were very respectful. Yes, they wanted to play more shows, but and I and I just said, hey guys, this is the capacity in which I'm, the career I'm working towards, and the capacity in which I can work. You know, in so, yeah. um, you know. But then, I think I'm fast forwarding in the conversation. No, you're good. You know, um, the fact of the matter is like they wanted to go even more and, and harder, and mm -hmm. and so at some point. I just had to tell them that's not that's not where I'm at. That's mm -hmm. not where I'm at in life. And mm -hmm. and so I reached out to a really good friend, uh, Maddie Mullins, who plays for Memphis Mayfire, huge band, incredible musicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just said, hey man, would you consider taking over for me as, at Amber Lynn for the you know I just for mm -hmm. to tour and mm -hmm. and um, I cannot believe it has worked out. It is like a storybook. Mm -hmm. I mean just. I think of like a weaving. This is a horrible analogy. It's cheesy. It should be a little more rock and roll. Sure. But I look at like a weaving and you turn it over and it's all frazzled. And then when you turn it over, it's like a, a complete picture or at least. Sure. A, and that's how wife, life, not my wife, that's how life feels at some points. And this is one of those junctures where mm -hmm. calling Maddie and having it just like him be able to pick up where, mm -hmm. where you know, I, I'm leaving off. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> it was, I think you guys put out a video and it, it said something like, Stephen's taking an indefinite hiatus. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I've learned 2015. I mean, if you ask me December 1st, 2000, or you know, January 1st, 2015, if I would ever even be in the same room with those four guys ever again, I would probably say, hey, that's really doubtful. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that would ever happen. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would ever play another song with them. I don't know if I would ever be able to share the same stage yeah. and, or anything like that. And so never saying, you know, I'll never do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've learned the hard way. You don't say that. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever play another show with him. I truly don't. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't, I, you know, that's not, I mean, yeah. that's, man, God and life more. and what? I have, you have a few more. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I got a couple in December and in January yeah. in Australia. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, yeah. It'll, it'll be done by, by the time this gets released, I think. There you so, go. So. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things I just... In life, I just never say never to anything, you yeah. know. And, and and my 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 youngest daughter is five years old, six years old, and so uh, you know, I think at some point I want her to see a, a, a tour bus again, and I want yeah. her to experience a giant stage and mm -hmm. you know, ten thousand people screaming, you know, your mm -hmm. songs. I, I mean, I want that experience for her. So yeah. again, I'm never going to say never. Sure. Um, I would love for her to to kind of have those kind of memories. My two older ones do. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, you know, yeah. how do they up, react to that? Do they, do they think dad's cool, or do I they don't think know. like I don't know? Dad, they, why do these people like this song? This song's terrible. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> they definitely don't like the music. Yeah. I mean, not you know, it's just you know, they're very much into Taylor Swift right yeah. now and mm -hmm. Lauren Daigle and mm -hmm. a whole bunch of all those pop, kind of pop music. Sure. So I don't think you know, they're just they just kind of smile and nod and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I th and, and it's so funny. Like we'll be at like. Uh, you know, a, a coffee shop and mm -hmm. the barista will be like, dude, I'm so bummed you're leaving, man, or something mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, they'll look up at me like, yeah. again, like yeah, this yeah. guy, you know, yeah, like yeah. we can't, can we go anywhere? Mm -hmm. and, it, it, and I'm not saying, well, because I'm so famous. Sure. It's just, I mean, I live here in Tampa and St. Right. Pete and we're from here and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, um, 
well, you know, just, you know, even being on tour and people screaming and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I, I, I'm not sure if they'll, it's all they've known. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, they were on, again, they were on their tour bus at one and a half and two months, you know, two weeks old. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, a little bit yeah. of their life was. What's that like? Like having a baby's difficult oh, in and of itself. It's, I mean. Having a baby and then. Oh my Like gosh. trying to handle, because you, the whole band's in the bus. Yeah, I, I feel so bad. I mean, you know, shouts out to, to Nate Young because his bunk was the closest to my crying baby. Yeah. And so I appreciate his patience with me. I mean, un unheralded patience yeah. of that guy. Yeah. Um, but um, it's just, uh, it's, it's it, you know, 2019, that tour was probably the hardest of my entire life because they, my family came out the whole time for the most part. Mm -hmm. And um, except for all, but like, I think like eight or nine days. And it was, it was hell because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like I was waking up with the youngest. So I was up at like 6 a.m. Yep. And then, you know, the wife would want to go see the city and take them around. And then, and then, you know, now I've sound check at four and then I go to work at nine and then I'm, you know, the adrenaline's coming around, you know, down about 1130. And so mm -hmm. midnight I'm finally in bed and then I'm up at six. Yeah. So I was exhausted. Yeah. And, and, you know, just being frank with you, um, I mean, it was brutal I mean, to the point where my wife and I were like, should we get a divorce? No joke. Like yeah. just, I mean, and then you come home and you decompress yeah. and you get logic and you, you know, like, mm -hmm. and reason and logic return and, yeah. and, and energy. Yeah. And I don't think she ever even, you know, you know, thought all that through like, oh yeah, I can see how that would be like insanity to, to, you know, only sleep six yeah. hours and start that day all over. Cause touring is exhausting. It's mm -hmm. mentally the most fatiguing thing. And I'm not like, oh, woe is me. I'm yeah. on a tour bus and, you know, life yeah. sucks. It doesn't. My what life I'm saying is, terrible. is uh, anybody out there with a traveling job sure. will, would be able to relate like at a new, yeah. you know, a different hotel at a different, mm -hmm. you know, oh my gosh. So adding all that, but, you know, getting some good therapy and good counseling got us back on track. Yeah. But that was really, really hard. Um, I praise God for some very gracious um, pastors that I was working with that were, you know, just, just, you know, I could vent to and talk up to and counselors that kind of walked us through and a guy named Carrie Rose out in New Mexico that told me to shut up and man up. And I was like, fair enough, you know, mm -hmm. great, great pastorly advice, yeah, yeah. you know, and, um, you need the tough love sometimes you do. Oh, yeah. I love tough love. I mm -hmm. love it. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. He's probably right. Yeah. So I think you've made me cry three or four times. Oh, praise God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> that's tough love, big guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man up. Uh, no, but, um, you know, and, and so even back in the day was, that was pretty brutal on the rest of the guys, you know, I, I appreciated it, you know, for me, because, um, just having my family there was best of both worlds. You know, yeah. I don't know how long I could have gone, how many more years Amberlynn could have gone if we would have just got a second bus, we all would have made less money. But if like the, the, you know, the families took one bus and the single guys took the other, we could have mm -hmm. probably survived for many more years, but mm -hmm. just having them out. Um, but I'm not, you know, I, again, going back to work smarter, not harder for those, mm -hmm. for those bands out there, you know, and, and hindsight again, 2020, but it's, it was brutal. You know, it's brutal having your family out there, but it's, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. They feel loved on, they feel yeah. appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I highly do not recommend having a family in a band, but, yeah. but it's one of those things that it's the natural course of life and sure. you can't, you can't put life on hold, mm -hmm. which I did for a long time, put life on hold, real life, yeah. graduations and birthdays. You know, some of the biggest regrets that I will, I will die with is that I was at neither of my siblings, master's degree graduations, mm -hmm. you know, and that is, they worked so hard. My brother went to be at law school and my mm -hmm. sister was, is a psychologist now and they worked 
tirelessly hours mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, I would, you know, didn't make an appearance mm-hmm. and um, I suck for that. <laughs> um, you know, and I yeah. constantly, again, you know, I put Amberlynn in a lot of ways in front of my wife, in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's unexcusable, you know, at the time I felt like, but you don't understand, yeah. you know? And now I look back and go, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, yeah, I, it would have been very difficult. I wasn't even at my grandfather's funeral and I was close to my grandfather, mm-hmm. you know, close to my grandmother. And I was in Brazil mm-hmm. when my grandfather passed away and I didn't even go. Yeah. I mean, that's insanity to think back and just go, dude, you know, I, I was just a people pleaser. I was just mm-hmm. like, I committed to this tour. I committed to these guys. They're going to lose thousands of dollars each. Mm-hmm. I got to feed their, you know, help feed their wives. They were helping feed mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, but I, I can't believe it. I've, yeah. I'm just, I'm, you know, that will never happen again. You yeah. know, I don't care what's happening at the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you and I love your wife and I'm so happy you attend the church. I got to go and put I, my family members and, you okay. know, those around me. I thought me. you were going to say, if you, if I die, you're going to come to my I'll, I'll, I will. Okay. I will. Appreciate that. I don't want to lead it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sobbing yeah. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. If you could just be in the A back mourner. row. I will, yes. Black. Something over your eyes. And, you yeah, know, something like that. Yeah, put some <laughs> No, but, oh, um, but yeah, boundaries are learned the hard way. Yeah. And, but, and to the point where, I mean, it separated my relationship with my brother and, and sister for some time. Yeah. They just, and even my little brother, you know, I mean, still to this day. You have four, th- three siblings? Three siblings. Okay. I, I feel like I've, I've, you know, wounded them to the point where, you know, it made, I don't know if they'll ever, I'm not, I'm not saying like their world revolves around me. I'm, what I'm yeah. saying is, there's still a little bit in them where it's just kind of like, sure. is there, you know, are you still going to be around? You mm-hmm. know, are you, yeah. are you, are you here? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so, yeah. Um, we were talking about it earlier and we had, uh, John street matter on, on our podcast, uh, this week yeah, as I love well, that guy. we're talking about like credibility and how it's like a bank account. Yes. Right. And so even with your own siblings, you know, yes. uh, you know, if you've made those big deposits or, or, or withdrawals. withdrawals. If you yeah. made those big withdrawals of, Hey, I wasn't there for this or that, then that's going to stick with people. A hundred percent. So you have to keep putting in those little keep deposits. In. You know? Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to deposit it, you know, what I've withdrawn through mm-hmm. there, you know, for being in the band for those 15 years. So, mm-hmm. but, but I love them and mm-hmm. uh, we're good. We're good friends. Like we're, we're yeah. family. Are they close? Uh, we're close, but they're not. I mean, so okay. one brother lives in Tallahassee and my sister lives in Nashville and my okay. youngest lives in the youngest brother lives in St. Pete. Uh, but but we're 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 closer than than a lot of families. But yeah. you know I you know I, as the as the oldest you'd think you know oh he wants to galvanize the family and keep everybody happy and mm-hmm. instead I just kind of went my own way and mm-hmm. and um, anyway it, we'll get through it. But what I'm saying is you know l- let's talk about boundaries, but learn from learn from my right. mistakes, yeah. not because like I did it so well. Yeah. I did it fine in some areas and in other areas. Yeah, I brutalized the people I think it was around me. Pastor Daryl a few weeks ago talked about you know it's always easier hindsight, you know, to, to see what we should have, could have, would have done. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, it's harder to, but that's why I love podcasts. I truly do. I mean, I, I listen to podcasts every day. You know, I love listening to how I built this by Guy Raz and a lot of like, um, leadership podcasts. I want to hear the failures. I mean, successes are great, mm-hmm. but I want to hear about how you got to the brink of destruction and what the decisions I've made, you know, the great, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I learned all my leadership is from people. I have a, a mentor named Tim Whipple mm-hmm. and he just, you know, he, he has a backstory on things that went awry in his life and his, mm-hmm. not just his personal life, but in his, his ministry. Mm-hmm. And I needed to hear that. Like mm-hmm. I needed to hear, I mean, just, you know, and, and 
people like you know Jeff Countryman that you and I both know. Mm -hmm. I need to hear the. I want to hear the failures. Mm -hmm. Where did you go wrong? I appreciate the successes. I applaud you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're working with me because mm -hmm. of your successes. Yeah. But I need to hear those failures because what are the pitfalls that yeah. I'm aiming at? Well, not only that, but hearing those pitfalls and then learning how do you climb out of those pitfalls yeah. when they happen. Yeah. Because uh, I think for a lot of people, you know, you hit that. So you fail somewhere and then yep. you're out. I'm done. I just give up. Like you mean you guys that could have sounds like easily happened with you guys where, yeah. Hey, you know, this isn't working and we gave it a shot, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna be done. You know, whether that was with your marriage or, or with the, with the band or whatever, or if your friend hadn't spoken to you on, on that first tour, yeah. you know, the, the direction that you could have gone and the, the greater consequences that could have come from that, that 100%. didn't happen. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's good to hear those things and say, okay, that happened to you. But now here's the adjustments that you made. Yeah. And now here are the positive consequences of that. Yes. I think a lot of times we think of consequences and we think of them as, as always negative. They don't have to be negative. Consequences are just a result of something that happened. So because of these things that happened, it shifted the way that you're making your decisions. And now you're seeing a different positive consequence because of those outcomes. That's right. And so uh, I think that there's a lot of value in that and a lot of value in, in hearing your story and hearing other people's stories about how they can, how we can shift out of those things and recognizing we have a really cool quote in our, in our break room. Um, I think it's Winston Churchill that basically he's saying like failures are only failures if, if you're not learning from them and moving forward, something along those yeah. lines, you know? Yeah. And so uh, we're going to fail. We're humans and we're going to, we're going to mess up. We're going to do things wrong. No one's going to do things right hundred percent of the time, but it's how do we respond to those failures um, and, and use them as a positive, somehow making it a positive spin or, or keeping yourself from going further down a path that you don't want to go down. So, yeah. That's uh, good stuff. so, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about some really good stuff. Um, you, you brought up leadership, um, and, uh, do you feel, uh, I mean, I feel like you've, you've learned a lot about leadership over the years. Uh, do you feel like you, uh, I mean, I already know your answer, but you can give me your you can elaborate on your answer. You're a better leader now than you used to be. Um, you, you've made the decision to, to step back from the band um, in order to focus uh, more on your family and more on, on pastoral ministry, which is where, where you believe God has called you. Yeah. Um, so talk to me through a little bit about what is, what is, obviously you're stepping away from the band, so you're stepping away from leadership in the band, I would assume. Um, but what does leadership look like for you now uh, in the context of boundaries, uh, both in the church, um, because again, that can be kind of consuming as well. How, do, how, how have you established boundaries in leadership at the church and what does leadership look like for you in your home? Yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, I didn't realize how impactful the leader of any organization has on the culture of, of what you're trying to build. I don't care if that's a nonprofit or, or you know, just a, a you know, an entrepreneur with a small business. Yeah. You set the pace. And so people watch, people watch. And I want to make sure that people know that I care, not with just words and with, oh, you're doing a good job. But I also want to make sure that I'm working just as hard, if not harder, you know, than, than those around me. I'm not going to ask anyone at the church to do what, you know, I'm not willing to do. And that's why you'll see me at the, the, at the service projects and volunteering. You'll see me, you know, making making sure that like I'm there at the, you know, the, the, you know, um, when we, I was trying to say, you know, 
classes, but I, you know, I just want to make, because people don't know the, the particular classes we have, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that they see me in those, in, in those classes that we offer. And, and um, just because, man, I want to work harder. I want to work harder than my entire staff. But I think the greatest thing that I have ever been, uh, you know, able to achieve, and it's nothing new, I didn't develop this, but is to hire better than myself. Mm-hmm. You know, every person that I hire is, I believe in some way they have something that that they can provide that I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I have to have that because I think it, I think it raises the bar in which, you know, which I operate. I see what they're doing. I see how they're operating and how I want to match that energy. And then I want to match the energy of this person and this person, and this person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I truly believe that I care. I care about those people. You know, I, I know, I believe I have the best staff at any small church or <laughs> any church ever. Mm-hmm. And it's not pride. It's because I, be- I truly believe in them. I, and I would not hire them if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what a small, you know, a, a business takes. And I'm, you know, I hate, I'm not calling churches business, but I like to think of it as that because there's a business side of church. There is a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think there's a lot of principles that we kind of, as the church kind of push aside and say, oh, we can't, don't think about that. But it's like, why? It's worked. I mean, these are the, you don't sit there and go, well, I don't know enough about neurosurgery, so I'm not going to participate. You can't, you can't operate on me Mm because it's just kind of like, no, it's neurosurgery. Go to a doctor, you know, in the same way, let's do some business practices in which we can develop from the ground up. And so um, I think that, that, you know, major on your major. So, so first off, higher than better than yourself. You know, if, if, if you're hiring because you feel like you can dominate that person or, you know, you're con- if you're having to constantly walk into meetings and go, well, well, actually, you know, but I, I try to tell people, hey, best idea, when we go into a meeting like this, best idea wins. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, if I have the best ideas every meeting, mm-hmm. I hired very poorly. Yeah. If I have to dictate what I'm, you know, and I go, okay, oh, I like your idea, but actually we're not going to do that. We're going to do my idea, my idea. If I feel like I continually have better ideas, I failed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They didn't fail. I failed them by hiring them, you know? And so move along. Mm-hmm. Let's get better people in here that are better at their roles and at their jobs. Yeah. And so that's, you know, I'm huge into that. And also, secondly, major on your majors. I know my weaknesses. And so I, I, I hire to make sure that those are covered. And, you know, and, uh, I'm not great at, I love big picture stuff, but when it comes, so I, I'm, I can figure out A, B, and C and X, Y, and Z, but all that's the little meticulous stuff in the middle, I'm not, I don't want to organize that. That is a, that is a time suck. That is, I am, that drains me. And so I'm going to hire for those people. I have two people on my staff, Tyann and Sophia, in which they can get me from C mm-hmm. all the way to X. You know, yeah. they will tell me, hey, here's what we need to do. Solid the, finishers. Solid finishers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that about them. Yeah. And so, I hire to my weaknesses. You know, I know my strengths. I know I'm a, I'm a innovative and I'm a galvanizer. I can collect people. Mm-hmm. I can get them. Are you speaking working genius right now? I am. Yeah. 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 That's the yeah the five geniuses. Yeah. And then I'm a type three. I'm an achiever. So I'm going to get it done. It yeah. will happen. We will. You know, if it, I don't care what happens, but I got to make sure that I have other people in, in my corner. I just read that book this week, which is why it's- That's you're saying, awesome. You're saying these words and I'm like- why is he choosing yes. galvanizing? Yes, I love it. I love it, man. Good work. Good so, book. Yeah. Good book. Five, yes. Five, the working geniuses. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I hire out to my weaknesses and I make sure that I major, I perseverate on what I'm great at. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then just be very self-aware. But I think the number one, and I hope my staff is not listening to this, but the number one thing that you can do as a leader to instill <laughs> trust, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the number one thing 
is to develop your leadership and be very flamboyantly out loud about it. Mm -hmm. So for instance, man, hey guys, let me tell you something that I'm really struggling with, but I'm reading this book and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm really getting help here. Mm -hmm. So that vulnerability goes, man, I want to, I feel safe in this. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, and, and just allowing them to hear where you are struggling. I don't mm -hmm. care if that's not, you know, not just, you know, obviously boundaries with what you say about your sure. personal life as yeah. far as your, you know, yeah. hey, I fought with my wife and she is such a, you know, that that's kind of, right. So You'll no, never guess what that. Julia did this not morning. Not that, not that. <laughs> but yeah. I will say like, hey guys, I just want to let you know, like I'm not great at details. Here's what I'm doing to overcome that. Mm -hmm. Tyann is really working with me on my eye calendar. Everything is in my calendar. If you're not on my calendar, you feel like you need some time with me and I'm walking past you. Mm -hmm. I guys, I'm so yep. sorry. I'm not good at that. And you and I, mm -hmm. I've said to you as we're standing there, take out your calendar, yes. you know, take yep. out your calendar yep. right now and you're going to give me a date and we're going to put a time. Because yep. if I just say, hey, Jared, we're going to get together someday. Yeah. No, Never even happens. with this podcast, I think Never that happens. second I put it in because yeah. I know my weaknesses. Yeah. I will not, you will not. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. So if it's not my calendar, no, I'm not going to remember. It won't happen. Mm -hmm. I even have time it's not for- even, It's not even like, because- I don't like you or because I don't want it to happen. It's just yes. because my brain no. gets distracted. Friday from 9 a.m. till noon is my wife's unadulterated time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll go out on date nights, but this is your time. Mm -hmm. Like, let's have that heart to heart. Let's have that quality time once a week. We, yep. we just, we break it down. Um, and so uh, that just, just know your just major on your majors and minor on your minors. Don't feel mm -hmm. like you have to have it all figured out. That's called pride. Mm -hmm. That is a straight up pride. No one is great at everything. Mm -hmm. I used to, I used to so desperately want to be a universal man. I want to know a little bit about plumbing yeah. and a little bit about astronomy and a little bit about that. And that sounds really good in theory, but that just means you suck at everything. That's that right. just means you yeah. straight up. I feel like you just there's described nothing my life. You good. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing you're great yeah. at. I, I am so I am so average at everything. Like, yeah, 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 well, you know, so so major, really major on your majors. Yeah. But and that's my leadership style is trying to make people feel safe within it because and I, I challenge any leader out there, try this. Try to develop yourself, but be very boisterous about your failures and what you're trying to develop. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, guys, like, you know, and sending people podcasts and mm -hmm. we're going through books about leadership and uh, lead balance like Jesus. and boundaries in that as well. Like you kind of touched on it. You can't say everything to everybody. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? It, it, you have to be intentional with what you share and who you share it with. A hundred percent. And so I, I just say that as a yeah. caveat, like no. absolutely. And with your staff, being right. able to be vulnerable with your staff because, hey, these are people you've hired that you trust. Yep. Um, but you're not like in the lobby talking right. with somebody new saying, hey, so... No, guess what not. I messed up absolutely this not. week. I just I just chalk that up to EQ. You yeah. know, EQ and the fact that I I have a closed door policy. Mm -hmm. I do not have an open door policy. You cannot come talk to me whenever you want. That's yeah. for congregations or staff or anything because I don't feel like at some if you're so accessible like that. I see so many more disadvantages than advantages to that. Mm -hmm. You want to schedule some time? I want to hang out with you. Let's go to Top Golf. Let's mm -hmm. go hang out. That's great. Mm -hmm. But you cannot walk in here and feel like, hey, we can just have. Um, a, a BMW moment. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard of that? Like no. the, it's, oh man. So I cannot take credit for this, but it's a, you know, moan and whine that you can okay. figure out the first one. Yeah. Session with me and don't feel like you, you have to come into, the, if we're going to set up a time, we're going to talk about something strategically, which means you're coming to me with solutions and a problem. Yeah. Because I want to also develop in the staff 
kind of like third alternative thinking in which they are they are solving the problems and maybe they're not right and maybe mm-hmm. I'm gonna I know I can help mm-hmm. but I would rather you kind of come to the conclusion because you know I I, I am not a micromanager mm-hmm. I will not be a micromanager and if I hire you and I find out that I have to micromanage mm-hmm. you probably won't last on the team long yeah. okay so for me, I, I had this great conversation with your wife. Mm-hmm. I just said, she said, what's next? And I said, lead from behind. When mm-hmm. you see an area in need, fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Because number one, I will thank you. Mm-hmm. I will see that you need more hours, like, mm-hmm. you know, and which I just I just gave. And, and you know, just because she's crushing it mm-hmm. currently. Sorry to use your wife as an example, but she's crushing mm-hmm. it. And I see that she she can lead from I behind. I think I talk about Christiana at least once every okay, episode good. I'm awesome. on. So. Well, now it's my turn. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is great. Um, and so, so, but but I'm not going to sit there and follow up. I'm going to say, here's what I, the expectations, you're going to go, you're going to mm-hmm. make these phone calls, you're going to mm-hmm. make sure that everything's scheduled, which she's doing a great job mm-hmm. at. This is, this is, this, 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 and this. And I can see if she's doing or not because I'll see the frantic look on her face if mm-hmm. you know, things are not happening on a Sunday morning. Right. But also, um, but but so we, I, I I want to make sure that I'm, we're, we're developing solution-based problems yeah. in which, hey, mm-hmm. here's the problem, here's the two solutions mm-hmm. I'm coming with. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, actually none of those are gonna work. Yeah. But let's try this. Have you thought yeah. of this? Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But I at least want, I think that's such a good mental practice mm-hmm. because even you're in your home life, mm-hmm. man, I'm really, man, I, my wife is really struggling with this. Instead of just getting boiling over in anger, you could say, hey, have you ever thought about maybe waking up mm-hmm. 20 minutes earlier? Hey, have you ever thought about working mm-hmm. out like this? Have mm-hmm. you ever thought about structuring your day like this? Mm-hmm. Not in a way of, I'm telling you what to do because I know more, but in a way of kind of presenting solutions yeah. because I see this as yeah. a challenge in you. Yeah, that's, you. A, that's a huge value because I think as human beings, we're naturally negative. Yes, um, yep. I, a lot of people I, are. I don't I, I I see it everywhere. I see it in myself where it's, uh, I, I, I always give the example of Stephen got a new haircut. Maybe, maybe this wouldn't happen to you, but we'll use you as an example anyway. Uh, Stephen gets a new haircut and 99 people, you know, at, at church come up to you and say, man, Steve, your hair looks awesome. Does anyone call you Steve? No. I didn't think so. That's my, uh, that's my dad's name. <laughs> yeah. But then as you're walking out the door, one person is like, dude, your hair sucks, you know? And and a lot of us will go home and we'll dwell on that one person as yep. opposed to thinking about the 99 people that said it was amazing. Um, and, and that's, for whatever reason, we just have this natural gravitation towards the negative. We do, absolutely. Um, and so I, I love the idea of, of putting into practice and being intentional. That's always a word that I, that's like my, when I was preaching in, in Iowa, uh, people would count how many times I say intentional in, in, a, in a sermon because I said it all the time because if we're not intentional about things, then it just, we coast and, and things stay the same. Yeah. Um, but being intentional to say, I'm not just gonna look at what's bugging me, but I'm also gonna look at Hey, what are some options to make this better? Um, I just think that what have you said it? I'm just repeating what you said. Yeah. It's, it's. I think that there's so much value in in, in that approach um, to your job, to your yeah. family, to being a father, to being a yeah. good husband, to uh, yeah. how, you know, yeah. everything. Bob you know? Iger, uh, president of Walt Disney, said uh, he wrote a book called "Ride of a Lifetime," and in it, my favorite quote is how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it made me slow everything down because I, instead of 
expediting and speed and going and quick and just mm -hmm. do it's like no i'd rather be intentional and hang up these clothes right yeah. now because how i do any, anything is how i'm going to do everything mm -hmm. and so yeah being intentional is definitely a value that that i've acquired yeah. or, or, or pursued in the last few years yeah, yeah it's really really good um before we, we we wrap up you touched earlier too about church as a business yeah um and i uh, it just i wanted to, to circle around to that just because people get very frustrated when they hear about mm. church being a business and yeah. how they don't like it and um i they, just they just need to man up and get over it no <laughs> joke i mean like here's the here's the simple fact it, is the, the church runs on three things the holy spirit yes leadership and money and you take away any one of those three things take away take away the holy spirit now you have a bunch of rich leaders that are just going to like basically make it a business yep. and it's just so dead man's bones mm -hmm. it looks great on the outside probably a beautiful building mm -hmm. you know but it's full of dead man's bones take away like like leadership mm -hmm. and now it's just a chaotic holy spirit you it's know what i'm mess. saying like and it's just wishy-washy and the mortgage didn't get paid and yeah. all that's coming you take away money and now you have a bunch of leaders no building no you know we're meeting in people's houses but that person's getting tired because they're leader and there's there's the holy spirit yeah that's awesome because they're really relying mm -hmm. but 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 they're just don't yeah. so it takes all three yeah. to make it work, and it and and, and you you know it's it, it's very frustrating because I and I understand. Mm -hmm. I grew up a televangelist. I grew up with that guy staring into the camera and just yeah. saying, yeah. "If you don't, you know, you know, put it, you know, yep. send me your credit card numbers. God's not going to bless you." And yeah. it's just kind of like, "Are you kidding?" So yeah. I understand, but you can't let the pendulum swing yeah. so far, like because ooh, I'm getting heated. Yeah. Balance the, boundaries. The, 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 the fact of the matter is like our, our God is a, is a God of a cattle on a thousand hills, which is mm -hmm. a very poetic way of saying he owns everything. Mm -hmm. We're just stewards of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at, when it says as, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, is heaven poor? Mm -hmm. Is heaven like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't believe yeah. in the streets of gold, but they're not. Streets of gold, they're but just, not they're just covered yeah, in gold. But, they're, but, they're not, you know, but God can't stuff. do that here. God yeah. can't do that for Christians. Yeah. Oh, Lord forbid pastors. I, mm -hmm. I, I am so pro rich pastors. And now, now hear me when I say, <laughs> we'll hear, write that one yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm pro, that's fine. I'm not in a way of exorbitant. I know about the two jets people and that's ridiculous and that, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those those pastors that should not be awake at 3 a.m. wondering, how am I gonna make the mortgage payment? Mm -hmm. How am I gonna make the car payment? Mm -hmm. How can I send my kid to college? You know, I can't pay for it. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I'm anti mm -hmm. because that's 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 some some weird impoverished we've 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 ascribed poverty to pastors and to mm -hmm. priests and all these people yeah. and i don't know where that comes from maybe yeah. medieval it's where weird. where the the priests you know took a vow of poverty but that's not our god that's yeah. that's that's sad it's the bible says i have mm -hmm. never seen the righteous beg for bread and yet we have all these pastors that yeah. we say no 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 can't have mm -hmm. this because here's the here do you want a great church there. do you want a great church it has to be run by a great leader mm -hmm. a great great leader okay mm -hmm. you're telling me that you have this guy okay this this man or woman that could be leading this organization right and they and instead of going to a fortune 500 company okay and and because their eq and iq and all this is crazy mm -hmm. and they could go make millions and millions of dollars right mm -hmm. running a company think about think about the average mega church right now okay so a mega church is anybody anything over 1300 people right mm -hmm. so let's say they have 3000 people attending their church mm -hmm. right 
you know, and so they're, but they're not making a lot of money because, you know, they're doing it within reason, but mm -hmm. they're, but they're, but their kids are well taken care of, you know, they're, they're, they're going to college, they're going to mm -hmm. have an inheritance because the Bible says a wise mm -hmm. man stores up an inheritance for his children's children, which is generational wealth, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I would hope that your pastor was wise mm -hmm. or that same pastor that could build this church from zero to 3,000 and 4,000, all this, he is now plucked from that. Okay, and he's and he's in the CEO of Fortune 500. He's making millions. You mm -hmm. know, say when you want him to choose mm -hmm. the life of like a successful mm -hmm. people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Yeah. So pay him like that. Yeah. Pay him as if he's not thinking about mm -hmm. what are my kids yeah. going to do for college. It's weird how people in churches. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's jealousy of success. It's like we want our church to grow, but that church as soon as they start growing and getting big, we're like, well, you know, we cross our arms and we say they must be. They must, they must have sold their souls to the devil because of how, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I also think about people who say, oh, I don't want to be a part of the church anymore. We're just going to meet in my house, yeah. right? And so, hey, we start meeting in my house. And, and if you're doing what God wants you to do, then you're evangelizing, which means more people are coming to know Jesus, which means yeah. more people are showing up at your house. Yeah. Eventually I, your house listen, gets too small. I have small. no qualms with house churches. I have zero. I mean, that's awesome. That's the, that's, no, you know, I, but the first, you got to remember that the first church was a mega church. When, mm -hmm. when they sat down, thousands, there thousands of people sitting yes. there together, eating, yes. living together, yeah. like as far as like commuting mm -hmm. and caring for well, one another. That's my point, is that so both eventually, and. It, both and. eventually it starts to grow though, yeah. right? And if it, gets too, that's it gets too big for the house and they go, hey, what are we gonna do? Well, <laughs> let's, maybe we can find a bigger space to meet in. And then yeah. also they're in a bigger space and they're meeting in, in but then what happens? You have to organize. Yep. Right. Otherwise, you don't have that leadership, as you said before, and everything's disorganized. And so it's like, eventually, if you're doing what, God is asking you to do, it's going to get big enough that there has to be some sort of organization in yep. order for it to work. Yeah. Um, I have this tattoo on my, on my wrist. It's a seven. Um, and the reason that I have it is because when I was in my master's program, uh, our, our professor was talking about the seven people in Acts that they were basically they're, they're handing out food. Um, and some of the widows and or widows weren't weren't getting their, their cut of the food because it wasn't organized well enough. So they gathered together and they appointed these seven mm -hmm. men uh, in order to oversee this ministry, basically. And so it's a reminder for me, like a constant reminder to say, God uses the church and God uses organization to do his ministry. So in those times when I'm frustrated with the organization because of the way that it's operating, I go, Actually, this is something that God has established for a reason and a purpose. Yeah, um, and so it's a it's it's a good it's that constant, I like that it's That's that constant reminder. constant reminder for me. Um, people are like, "What is that? Like a teardrop on your wrist, or what, what's, yes. what's going on?" You know, that's great. Um, but uh, well, Stephen, it's been really awesome having yeah. you here. I got you fired up a little bit, I which did. is which we'll is great. Up. I like getting you fired too. up. It's it's fun uh, to to hit those things that, that people are passionate about and, yeah. and excited to share. And so thanks for being open and vulnerable and, and, and thanks, all of man. those things. I love having you here. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back again love it. Um, in the future. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. Uh, as always, uh, you know that we release an episode every single Wednesday. So uh, be sure to check us out again next week and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. 
Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 